Welcome to the weekend, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to episode 25 of the Lazy Bumps podcast. Uh, I'm Caleb Kalenda, and I'm joined by my co-host. Abina Chalice. Let's get into it. What do you want to start with? Well, um, as I'm sure most of you know, the NBA came back yesterday, and we were very, very excited. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's something that we've been looking forward to ever since... uh, every sport in the world got canceled right I mean, more so than others really like i mean i was excited for you know soccer to come back and i was excited for hockey to come back but it's like you know nothing really i i didn't miss anything like i missed the nba you know i actually have a pretty interesting question just off the top of my head you think that the nba is the best sports league right now in america in terms of just like competition you know the parody in the league um, ownership, the way that you know the league manages its players and manages r- rule changes, things like that. Because, um, in my opinion, I think it really is the NBA. I think they're better than the NFL. I well, mean, they're certainly better than the NFL. Yeah, Roger yeah. Goodell is. Uh, I mean, the NFL is <laughs> a, a joke. I mean, the, the MLB is also. I mean, you know, facing problems. They're also kind of just falling off in terms of their quality over the past few years right and Um, we saw that the mlb was trying to do their whole version of the bubble and it already failed with the miami marlins you know testing positive however many of their players and it seems like the nba you know is really setting the the tone i guess would be the word for how to yeah the standard for how to handle sports um in these weird times yeah um i i mean i I've seen the proposal for hockey. I, I've glanced over it. I haven't really looked in depth to what they're really trying to do. Um, but I, I mean, I, I I've seen nothing but good things on you know social media on Reddit and Twitter. Um, everything seems to be pretty positive coming from hockey, and and I'm excited to see what they can do. Uh, and I mean, the NBA is good so far, but uh, you know you have antics going on and and players leaving. There's always drama in the NBA, and that's one of the best things. I mean, what other league would, you know, a player like Lou Williams leave the bubble to go get some chicken wings? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that kind of amazes me. Uh, and the fact that he missed, you know, the fourth game in the L.A. Uh, rivalry series. Right, because there, he because missed. Because he went to a strip club to get chicken wings. Yeah, right. I mean, they must have some darn good chicken wings i guess so i mean like really lou will it's like like, it's like reality television being played out in the nba bubble it's pretty cool (laughs) um we're watching the celtics and bucks game right now and they just flashed this picture of some nba players fishing and like you know that's just another example of it's a little thing like might not go into a lot of people's minds but like giving nba players other things to do um besides basketball just makes the lives of these guys a lot easier considering that they're committing however long um of the year to just stay in an isolated area away from everyone you know right and you know we we've seen players opt out and uh we've seen players uh, go home to injury and and you know it's just kind of weird uh it's weird to see a player that has been diagnosed you know like a week and a half ago uh, on the court right, like, right. like like Russell Westbrook I, I remember seeing uh, him in the scrimmages and I was just kind of like what 
what like is he over covid or <laughs> well, what's I, going on here? i think that um like even to check that you have to for the nba you have to test positive for a certain amount of, or test negative sorry for a certain amount of days right before you can play so you, they've just done a really good job laying all that stuff out and just trying as best as they can to adapt um to this new situation because at the end of the day no one really knows how it's going to play out right. i mean someone might unfortunately uh get covid and we could see things change but the format that's running right now seems to be doing a pretty good job yeah yeah i, I mean it it's weird for everyone you know it's weird to see the guys on tnt like uh with you know, the six, plexiglass six, feet, and six stuff? feet apart and you know the commentators yeah with the uh, divider in between them yeah it's a crazy time to be watching basketball and i mean i i'm excited for what it holds but i'm also kind of on the edge of my seat you know and, right and I'm, I'm a little nervous that we're gonna see a shutdown or something <laughs> yeah i mean fingers crossed that doesn't happen also if you invested in plexiglass before all this <laughs> you're making some money <laughs> i didn't i didn't realize how how much it was used but after seeing the guys on tnt like being separated by right. them i was like wow like I mean, even right now on TV, they have, like, the commentators and stuff. They have plexiglass all along the, yeah. um, their part of the court. So, I mean, you know, just another one of those protective measures that the NBA is taking and doing a really good job. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been really impressed with the amount of safety that they've been uh, instituting. Like, all of the coaches and the, and the players on the bench, they're mostly wearing masks and uh, when they're interviewing after games, you know, they're wearing masks. And I, I, I just think that's really, like, they're being really responsible. Mm -hmm. I mean, from at least an outsider's perspective, they're right. being really responsible. But, um, you know, I, I mean, you can't ever be too careful right. with things like these, like this, you know. And even with, like, the precautions that they're taking, they're still managing to you know do things like include the fans uh, as we can see like they have screens with fans and like i it it's not perfect obviously it's not as good as having fans in a arena actually yeah, they're cheering it's taken a little getting used to i mean watching on the sidelines right like, but it's so it's so they, innovative like it that, it, it's a really it's a i think it's a step in the right direction and it's just what we need like at a time like this and i i, I just again can, enough cannot be said about the way that the nba has handled their transition from the normal nba season into this completely yeah. different format i saw chris bosh uh, uh, pop up on one right of yeah screen chris bosh was watching the lakers game i think it was right, um, yeah, it he was popped up on the screen <laughs> which is pretty funny it's pretty cool um, I mean, nice to see that he's doing well right yeah <laughs> he had the whole like his blood clots and stuff yeah. like that it was looking pretty bleak um yeah. but yeah hopefully chris bosh is doing well he's a great guy yeah okay so getting back to basketball um the first matchup we saw was the four-seeded jazz currently uh facing off against the currently i guess that's the 11th seed would be if it continued down the pelicans yeah. um it was a really really good game um went down to the wire of course we saw zion williamson again and let me say that man is huge yeah like i've seen him and i know most people have like seen him on tv before and like we've gotten used to zion but 
I, maybe it's because I hadn't seen him in so long um, because of the whole restart, but I saw him on the TV, and he just looked like a huge blob. Like, no offense, Laron, <laughs> but he looks so thick. Like, if he lost some weight, I think he would be incredible. I think he would be, like, a KG yeah. type of player. Well, he's already incredible. I mean, you know, he's watching him last night, I mean, on the court, he was... I mean, he played 15 minutes, I think, in, in the entire game, and he put up 14 points or something. I mean, he, he was really playing well when he was out on the court catching lobs from Lonzo Ball. I mean, it was uh, actually an impressive showing for the Pelicans, even though they... Didn't they end up losing, or did they win? No, they no lost. the Pelicans lost, um, but... It, Back to what you were saying, um, Zion Williamson did have himself a really great game. He did only play 15 minutes, but he was definitely able to make his impact felt on the court. I mean, it was very obvious that the defense was keying into where he was in each yeah. possession, yeah, things like that. Up, he freed up a lot of space for Brandon Ingram uh, in the second quarter. I mean, Brandon Ingram really, I think they were showing a stat that was like this season he's averaging like 39 points against the pelic or against the uh, the jazz wow and i mean that it's kind of ridiculous that the jazz just can't stop him and right. that's kind of what showed last i mean last night but i mean you know maybe he's shaking off a little rust or something he didn't score 39 but right. he still had a pretty good game yeah it seems like he kind of circles every time the jazz are coming up in the yeah. schedule and it's just like i'm gonna <laughs> drop 30 bomb on these guys I mean, he's really blossoming into a, a very, very good player. I, I'd call him a star. Oh, absolutely. Especially for the Pelicans. And he's super young, too. So, yeah. um, you know, he has that appeal of being able to develop him into the player that you want. All that good stuff. Um, Brandon Ingram himself played about 33, minute, yeah, 33 minutes and put up 23 points. Um, you know, he a lot of the offense was going through him. And... He delivered mostly. He, it wasn't a super efficient game. Um, his effective field goal was only 40%. It wasn't super right. efficient. But again, um, I think that's kind of something that we saw. Um, kind of a similar theme in both games was that a little bit of rust was yeah, definitely there. Absolutely. I mean, it's understandable completely. I mean, these guys have been home for a while. Not all of them have been training that entire time. And I mean, I'm sure Brandon Ingram and you know zion williamson have been training that entire time yeah but the, there's a difference between you know training and game speed and yeah clearly absolutely. we saw and they haven't been able to you know get out there and play against you know their peers in the nba mm -hmm. you know I, i'm sure if they did they would have been ostracized a little bit but, right and so they haven't really been able to like play competitively like that you know for this entire for this entire time leading up to the bubble. I mean, you had the scrimmage games, and there was definitely a lot of rust in the scrimmage games. Right, for sure, for sure. Um, it's just obvious that, you know, because of um, coronavirus and everything, like, some of these players don't even have basketball hoops in their homes. So I, they haven't been able to go to the gym and get those shots up consistently. So obviously we're going to see a little bit of rust, and maybe rust is something that could be used to describe... Lonzo Ball's performance because it didn't look good. <laughs> yeah, Lonzo Ball. Uh, you know, he's he's someone who I think a lot of people expected a lot from, and he's definitely a, a very talented player. And you know, he's a great athlete, good defender. Uh, he just just needs to work on the offense a little bit, and that definitely showed. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, maybe it's rust, but I mean, dude, he's missing open layups, and like, I mean. I'm not going to say anything bad about him, but 
it's a tough game. Yeah, so the man played 27 and a half minutes and shot an impossible 2 for 13 for a field goal percentage of 15%. Tough game. If your starting point guard is shooting 15% from the field, your odds aren't looking too good. And, you know, for the Pelicans as a team trying to, you know, get a playoff spot, they really need Lonzo Ball to perform better. Yeah, I mean, uh, Drew Holiday played well, and he's he's kind of the other guard. In that. Yeah, Holiday had 20, um, and he played some really good defense out yeah. there too. Yeah, um, I was really impressed with, uh, Ingram, like I said, and I was impressed with Holiday. Um, but the Pelicans, kind of overall, their performance was weak. Their defensive, like they really couldn't defend the interior bucket. I mean, Jordan Clarkson really tore them up on the inside. Um, and they, they really just couldn't seem to find a defensive rhythm. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, looking just looking at their advanced statistics, Zion Williamson was their best uh, defensive player in terms of defensive rating and you know, not saying Zion isn't a great defender, but I, he's not the best. I mean, I wouldn't expect him to be leading the team. Yeah, there are a lot of other guys on that team that I'd look to before I look to Zion to be the defensive leader. Right. Um, but honestly, just looking at Zion's advanced statistics, he's really just a net positive for them. I mean, his offensive rating, um, he finished the game at 118. The team finished at 102. So he's, he's playing significantly better not significantly better but he's making the team play significantly better um when he's on the court and you know his effective field goal percentage is 75 percent wow that's i mean he's incredible he's doing this at a very efficient clip and he's doing it on very low minutes i mean 15 minutes is not much in terms of a full nba game and i mean he's really getting it done for them of course it's easy to say small sample size but i think with zion we can say that he you know he just looking at his numbers he's a very good player and he's going to be what i saw from the pelicans that game was that they really are exploring all of their pieces and they have a lot i mean josh hart played a great game uh Antoine moore hit a couple threes i mean they they have a lot of like little pieces that that have been really just like i mean in that game at least they were performing you know they were performing like they would in like a playoff game i mean they right they were playing really well. One of the exactly what you're saying. Um, one of the positives for the Pelicans was their help off the bench. Um, JJ Reddick came in with 21 points. That that last shot, in fact, was definitely a design play for Reddick. Right. That it seemed Ingram kind of just canceled. He kind of went Kobe mode and just said, "Nah, you guys do that. I'm gonna shoot." Yeah, I mean, I suppose he has the right to do that at this point. Yeah, you know, he's kind of leading that team with Zion only playing 15 minutes. But and- I mean. J.J. Redick did have the hot hand. I mean, yeah. he, he was shooting great, um, knocking down shots left and right. He had 21 points off the bench. Yeah. Again. I mean, uh, you know, not saying that I, I was rooting for the playoffs. I mean, for the uh, – not saying I was rooting for the Pelicans, but um, I wanted to see J.J. take that shot. Yeah, me too. I totally agree. I think that he's just very seasoned at that and, like – you know, they had set a couple back screens for him when he was coming off. And yeah, like, it was a he's good just, play. He's so good off the catch and shoot. Like, why why not give him the ball? You know what I mean? You, you might not necessarily get any better of a look with Brandon Ingram. Well, I mean, especially with the way the Jazz were playing him on defense. I mean, they wanted to eliminate that threat. And they did so pretty successfully in the fourth quarter. I mean, JJ really did step up, and he was making a lot of shots and brought the Pelicans within fighting distance. And it's a shame they couldn't get it done. But... I mean, overall, I'd say it was po- it was 
positive for the Pelicans. Yeah, the Pelicans definitely um, have some bright spots and some things to look forward to if you're a Pelicans fan. Um, on the Jazz side, you know, it was a really good team effort from the team or from the guys. You know, Mitchell came in with 20, Mike Conley had 20, Gobert with 14 and 10. Like, he he dominated. Yeah. Um, the, the Jazz are a great team, though. We, we know this. Um, the thing I want to talk about about the Jazz, though, is a lot of people um, after this game the jazz we've seen a lot of the same flaws with the, that team you know they're yeah. they're good enough to maybe get the four seed in the west and they look like contenders but are they really contenders i in my opinion no they're not really gonna test teams like the clippers or the lakers they're not going to give them a run for their money and we've been seeing this the last couple of years with the jazz in this core that's the thing that was kind of interesting about this game i mean it was the Pelicans who are, you know, like you said, they're pretty deep and they're not really going to be expecting a run in, in the playoffs uh, from this uh, restart. You know, they're not they're not looking at a, at a playoff spot. Really. Right. And, and they're going up against, you know, what, they're the four seed. Mm-hmm. And, and they gave them a real run for that. They run. really they did. came down to the wire and... I mean, it's just not looking good for the Jazz. Yeah, I just, like, I really question whether this this core is necessarily the one to bring the Jazz a title. On the flip side, though, this is the most success the Jazz have had since, yeah. what, Stockton Malone, man? Like, it's been a while. And, you know, they're making the playoffs consistently. Like, that's kind of that, you know, that tough decision in basketball, whether you completely blow it up or you right. continue to be kind of a mediocre team and make playoffs every year, but not really challenge for a championship. I mean, they have something to invest in in Donovan Mitchell. Right? Oh, for sure. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, obviously an incredible player, and he's established himself now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Gobert is still relatively young. Mike Conley's getting getting well, older. He's but, getting old. Uh, I mean, you know... I think they have a solid squad. I think that defensively they're they're really really solid, um, and and Donovan Mitchell really gives them that that spark. I mean, he is something else. He's a very very talented player. He's he's going to be great, you know, in the coming years. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell finishing with an offensive rating of one twenty six. So, I mean, the very man solid. the man is very good on offense. Um, again, though, for the um, Jazz as well, we saw Jordan Clarkson off the bench come up with 23 big points um yeah i don't think that's something we're going to be seeing very often yeah probably not it was it was impressive i imagine so i think that the easy thing for the jazz to do they got jordan clarkson on a relatively cheap contract and so i think the easy thing to do would be to re-sign him and then just kind of you know keep the pieces that they have and hopefully add a, a couple new ones but i really do think that the move for the jazz in the long term is to blow it up because i mean like just looking at this team like mike conley is solid but i don't know if he's that championship caliber point guard on your team anymore you know he might have been in his earlier days with the grizzlies but now I mean, you got Steph Curry, you got the Steph Currys of the world, the Damian Lillards, the Westbrooks, the list goes on. Yeah. And Uh, I mean, obviously everyone is kind of, everyone kind of knows that the, uh, the coming talent in, in the, in the next coming draft is going to be, uh, some top tier talent. And, and so, I mean, it, it would make sense for them to trade for picks and it would make sense maybe to trade for a point guard or, you know, something that would help them offensively. 
Um, but I, I don't think they really have anything that they want to give up. I mean, Mike Conley's not going to go for anything. Exactly. And, you know, they might have to trade Gobert, and I don't think they want to trade Gobert. And I think that right now you're probably looking at the prime time to trade or get rid of Donovan Mitchell in terms of value. I mean, he's still a very young player, yeah. and his future is just extremely bright. A couple years down the road, you know, he might have already hit his peak, and he might not be necessarily as valuable. But right now, he's very young, and who knows how good he could be. Yeah, but I don't know if, uh, you know, I don't know if it's a gamble that the Jazz really want to take at this point, because, I mean, he really could be the next the next big thing, you know. He could be what they need to elevate themselves to the point where they could be contending for a championship and winning championships. So do you think that Donovan Mitchell is the type of guy that you build the team around in the NBA, in today's NBA? You I, think think? It's, I think it's a little too early to tell. Yeah. Uh, he's a very young guy, and, you know, he has had some success in the playoffs and i mean yeah look at look at him against what was it that thunder team um with you know playoff p and russell westbrook whatever they destroyed them i mean the jazz completely just dominated them and so even in his young career we've seen real signs of leadership and things like that are only going to get better as he gets older yeah absolutely Uh, i'm really excited to see what happens with him and his career i mean I don't know if he's going to take the Jazz to that. Right, you know, the that promised caliber. land. But, you know, if he does get traded, I hope he has success. You know, I hope he has success wherever he goes. He's a really likable player. Um, moving on, though, we have we have the other game, the Battle for Los Angeles, yeah. and that was a very good yeah, game, I mean, too. It's the one everyone's been looking forward to. Everyone wants to see LeBron come back. Everyone wants to see Kawhi come back. And, you know, it was a, it, it really delivered. I mean, it definitely was a good game. Came down to the wire. It, it was kind of tough to watch at some points. You know, Caruso. Uh, yeah. It took a little while for him to get into the game. Kuzma took a little bit, a little, a little while for him to get in the game. And uh, you know, I mean, it was it was a good game though. I I definitely respect the win, but uh, it it I mean, it has. I I've seen people on Twitter kind of say that. Uh, you know, you shouldn't look at this game and predict what's going to happen in the playoffs, but I think it definitely has something to say. You know, this this performance from both these teams, it says something about what's going to happen in the playoffs and kind of where they're going to be at. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, I heard the commentators um, say a lot, you know, they how they didn't expect to see a lot of the stars playing big minutes because it's for both of these teams, they've already secured a playoff spot. Um, they're the top two teams in the conference. That's basically settled at this point. Yeah. If you, I think you would agree it's with that. It's kind of undisputed that they're the two best. Right. Um, so most people saw this as kind of just an exhibition game, you know, to get back into the flow of things before the playoffs start. But, you know, we saw heavy minutes from all of the starters, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and LeBron James, all playing 30-plus minutes, Anthony Davis Anthony as well. Davis, yeah. Um, you know, all the stars played 30-plus minutes, and they were really just, they were really going for the win out there. I mean, they were working their tails off. I've yeah. never seen LeBron James play that kind of defense in so long. Yeah, I mean, that was really impressive. He really took it all the way with, right. with, with his defense. And uh, for good reason. He was guarding Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, right. and, I mean, off and on. And uh, it must have been a really – it must have been a game that they wanted to come back and win. I mean, they really wanted that win. Anthony Davis was pulling up from three multiple times, and he hit back-to-back threes at one point. And that's something that, like, 
man, I did not expect to see that in the first game. And he really went for it, and he delivered. I mean, he... It's so... How unreal is it to see those seven-footers, like, step back there and shoot threes with confidence off yeah. the dribble? It's incredible, isn't yeah. it? I mean, it, imagine a, a, an NBA coach seeing that just 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, it would have been a, unheard of, you know what I mean? And now it's just... It's a common thing for these seven-footers yeah, to just... see it a lot from Anthony Davis. Right. And, you know other offensive centers but anthony davis really i mean it's it's something to watch when he when he's moving when he brings the ball up the, the floor and and he you know just kind of commands whoever's on him you know you can't really guard him you're not supposed to be able to you're not supposed to guard him out there, exactly but you have to and you really can't um so anthony davis finished with the nice 34 points and eight rebounds and LeBron with the near triple double 16 seven assists and 11 rebounds so you know really good games from those guys especially in their first game back um and we were happy to see you know just the stars back on the center stage yeah and and there was a couple I mean there was a few other for the Lakers there were a few other uh highlights in that game you know I mean uh Kuzma had a great game uh more towards the end man Dion waiters had Dion himself waiters. a game towards the end too uh really just brilliant to see Dion waiters out there again because he was really struggling for a little bit in the nba yeah i mean it's impressive that he's been able to come back and and especially in this time i mean come back and play with the lakers and, and give him really solid exactly. minutes man he had let's see um Dion Waiters had 11 off the bench, plus 17, plus minus. I mean, he, he was good for them. Yeah, very, very, I mean, it was honestly a surprise, but it's good to see. It's great to see Dion Waiters back and uh, playing like he used to play, giving buckets. Right. <laughs> it's just exciting whenever he's doing well. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, Kuzma had a great game towards the end, and most importantly, I think we saw LeBron really lock in on defense. I think that that's... One of the biggest takeaways um, from the game for me was just that, especially that last possession. Um, so just looking at that last possession, um, you know, Paul George up until that point, he was heating up. Like he hit those two back-to-back threes that were huge momentum shifts for the Clippers. I mean, they really needed it. Um, Paul George finished with 30 points. But besides that, you know, he had hit these two huge threes and the Clippers had the ball. And we just saw LeBron James play some great defense on Paul George and on Kawhi Leonard. Um, it was really great to see. Yeah, PG ended up taking the last shot, and LeBron definitely uh, had a huge impact on the fact that it didn't go in. And I think, I think really Kawhi wanted the shot to tie Yeah, the so, so the pass went into Kawhi, and it looked like he was backing down LeBron at the top of the free throw line. Yeah. And he passed it out to Kawhi or to George, and then LeBron ended up switching on Paul and you know playing good defense to wind the clock out. Um, but we just saw LeBron, you know, obviously he's a beast on the offensive end, and we see that all the time. He puts up these crazy numbers, but to really see him put an effort on defense is it's been a huge criticism against him since he's joined the Lakers, and we really saw him show out last night, and it's yeah. great to see. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously on the offensive end, he hit the game winner. And uh, on the defensive end, he shut the game down. And it was, it really, I mean, he took it into his hands, and it was it was cool to see. But something that I saw from the Clippers' side 
towards the end there was missed free throws. I mean, Kawhi missed two, and I think Paul George also missed two towards and the end. Those, and those changed the game right yeah, there. Yeah, huge free throws, clutch free throws, and they both missed. And I, you could attribute that to Russ, but, I mean. They're free throws, guys. You guys are NBA players. <laughs> Come on, make them. Yeah, no, just, I, I totally agree with that. Um, on the bright side for the Clippers, game doesn't re- it matter too much. Um right. In, in the grand scheme of things, these guys, at least I think so, and I'm pretty sure you also think that this is the Western Conference Finals matchup that we're going to see this year. Um, so it'll just be really interesting. So one thing you'll also have to remember is that Lou Will wasn't playing in this game for the Clippers, and he's a really big piece for them coming off the bench. And, you know, even starting sometimes, um, he's a huge scorer for them, and just gets their offense going yeah lou williams montrose harrell weren't playing for the clippers and obviously avery bradley and rajon rondo are not playing for the lakers Mm -hmm. so i mean those are i mean smaller pieces but those are definitely i mean lou will is a big piece montrose harrell is definitely a big piece absolutely both of those Uh, two guys are huge for that avery bradley is a pretty big piece for the lakers and rajon rondo maybe not so much but Mm -hmm. it's still pretty pretty significant losses for both teams and so that's i think why people are maybe having the reaction of like you can't really judge this game, but I mean, they're most of those guys are going to be gone for pretty much this entire time. You're and right. So, I mean, you know, you gotta you gotta just judge it with what you have, and I think that this really shows that the Lakers might be a little weak against the Clippers, especially once they get Lou Will back. And I don't know about Montrez. I don't know what's up with him. Yeah, um, Lou Williams will definitely add another dynamic element that they kind of miss with guys like Reggie Jackson out there. Um, you know, yeah. he's obviously not as dynamic as Lou Williams. That's obvious. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It will be interesting to see how these teams fare in the playoffs with a little bit more, obviously, more implications, um, but a little bit of a different team. So, I mean, obviously, that's something that we're really looking forward to, seeing those two teams face off in the conference finals. Yeah, a uh, bunch of really great games coming up this week. Uh, this uh, uh, I'm really excited tonight to watch uh, the Mavs and the Rockets face off. Absolutely. I'm to see Luka, Luka Doncic about a hoop. Yeah, James Harden. And uh, it's going to be a great game, and it's going to be a great season. And uh, that being said, uh, we're going to wrap up here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, be sure to check us out on Anchor, on Patreon, and on, and our new website that's just gone up. Um, there are many ways to donate. Um, things like Patreon come with exclusive content from me and Caleb and a lot of exciting stuff in there for you guys. Um, also on Anchor, you can donate through there. Um, and it's, it's just a very exciting time, and we hope you guys continue to tune in. And until next time. Thank you, guys.